Hello, everybody. This is Keith, Music Man Henlick with the Final on Vinyl podcast. And today we're with Christopher Bascole. And I recently covered his uh, release that came out in July of this year called Isle of Shadows. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Hey, pretty good. A little bit wet. I'm in Washington, and this was the first day of rain they've had in a while. Oh, well, at least you're not in Florida. <laughs> I used to be terrible. in Florida, but that was that was like many years ago. <laughs> yeah, terrible things going on there right now. Mm. So I appreciate your time and um, want to ask you some questions about your recent album. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it, and um, I understand that um, classical music was the foundation of this release, um, and you did a lot of your own arrangements of these releases. So just wondering what was the driving force behind that and why did you select the certain artists and arrangements that you selected? Sure. Um, lots of lots to answer there. You know, um, this all started for me a long time ago. Um, my mother was a piano teacher, and so I grew up around the piano and, and, and lessons and learning songs, you know. And so um, a lot of the material that I, uh, that I put out on this CD, I actually learned a long time ago, like 30, 40 years ago. And, oh, wow. Um, and, and then, you know, then didn't always play it. You know, it kind of fell by the wayside with other things I was doing, um, you, you know, going into popular music for a while and, and, and you know, playing gigs and cover gigs. And some of these songs I, I, I'd pull out at like a dinner party or something, you know. Everybody plays gigs before they, they get to do a lot of other things, you know. And so um, mm -hmm. this, this music is, is just something that has hasn't been evolving, you know, over time. And um, some of these songs that I played here on this Isle of Shadows, A New Age of Classical Piano, um, they're pretty popular. You know, you'll, you'll hear them in a lot of different settings. A lot of people have, have covered them, um, you know, really serious classical players. And honestly, I, I don't really consider myself a, a serious classical player. I kind of came into this um, in, in, through New Age music, you know, um, and, which evolved after my classical playing. And, and yet um, I've been gravitating back to this music um, you know, uh, over time and wanting to actually revisit these songs and actually uh, record them. And uh, for me, you know, a lot of it is the piano. And so I have gone through an obsession with various pianos, um, Steinway D's uh, specifically, that I've been evolving and, and graduating and getting a better piano and even a better piano, you know, um, to the point that um, the piano itself plays the music, literally. You know, I mean, if you get on a really nice piano, it it can speak things that um, a lesser piano you just wouldn't even hear, right? And so I've, I've kind of graduated to this really nice piano that you would only get to play, you know, usually at, at a recital or something. You know, you get to play on the really nice piano if they're in the hall, right? And then you go home to your whatever you have at home and, and practice and practice and then get to go play on the really nice piano, you know. And when you get into college, um, there are more of those nice pianos are available, but they always keep them under lock and key. And then maybe you can sign up in the practice room for the really good one, you know, and play on it. 
um, because it really a lot of the expression is really because of the piano. And so it's it's no wonder that they have the Steinway artists and the, the top flight people. They will only play the top flight pianos. They will turn up their nose and, and say no and not even do a concert on some, you know, some instruments. So uh, anyway, to answer your question, you know, the, the playing this, this music uh, kind of evolved by just playing, you know, the piano and having an instrument that I could express um, properly on it, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, I hope that helps. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you can steer me back. I might have gone off track there. <laughs> no, no, you're right on track. Um, and I had a thought when you said that um, the, the piano kind of played you, but the way I would see it, you know, it works both ways. You were the voice of the piano through your fingers. Um, sure. You know, and it, you know sure. it's like you, like you become one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I was trying to say though that that um, if I went to another piano, it would it I would it would be more difficult to have the same expression. Um, Got it. And what what I've noticed, you know, and now I've graduated to a piano that that is only several years old and mm-hmm. and really high high end piano that um, you can have all this expression and really what it is is you can play softly, you can play more softly on this huge piano that could be really loud. Um, but you can mm-hmm. have that wider dynamic of range, and that's what I was really, you know, trying to go for. And then the interesting thing is, then I I take this this album right that I've that I've really sweated over for about a year. I worked on this for about a year, um, trying to you know just get get the best recording I could, and also have the material really performance ready. Um, all these were you know one take all the way through. There was none, none of that fancy editing or anything. I, I sat down and played these, you know. So um, there's a certain aspect of uh, perhaps, you know, if you listen hard, you might find some, some, some little thing in there. Oh, what was that? But I can't hear it myself. <laughs> so for me, you know, if, if I get a good take, it, I just know it just by the feeling of, of, of what, uh, how it comes out. And then I go back and I listen now, was there any mistakes there? You know, and I, I really can't hear them, but you know, every single performance is, is different. And to have two performances exactly the same is really kind of impossible, you know, and, and it's kind of an interesting, you know, interesting phenomenon. Um, so I, I'm, kind, I'm kind of at this point, you know, um, allowing the music to, you know, it's kind of a speak to itself. You know, I'll go listen to some of the recordings um, of other famous artists like Rubenstein or Horowitz and, and kind of maybe, you know, okay, I hear what they're saying and, and I really like how they played it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down and, and work through the music and kind of get a, a distance away from that. You know, I won't go back and listen to their recordings again. I'll listen to what I'm doing and try to refine that so I have a statement myself that, that, that I feel that how the music is speaking to me. And so you were talking right. about the, the arrangements. And so that's, that's how I kind of come up with some of the arrangements and, and, you know, I'm, I'm changing just a few things here and there from perhaps traditional, you know, written versions of these different pieces. But in, in that re- regard, sometimes if you go to different scores of some classical music, it's different, you know, and then we kind of yeah. go back to historical scores it's like what did the composer really do you know and uh you know and ironically we really don't have 
you know, many recordings of this, some of the older material. Um, you know, we might have some piano rolls of Joplin playing his music, for example, right? And, and I did include a, one of the songs, uh, Soul, a Mexican Serenade. Um, but for me, you know, it was also a point in time where ragtime came about. And it, to me, it's just another form of classical music that was evolving in a contemporary way that, of course, now we see as a predecessor to jazz and, and blues right. and other, other, other forms. But at the time, mm-hmm. we're talking around the turn of the century, 1900s, he's writing this. Um, you know, Solomon Palmgren was also writing Isle of Shadows over in, in, in Europe, okay, in Finland. So it's kind of an interesting thing. The same time in different areas of the world, we have composers writing different styles. I still, I still think it's all part of classical music now, looking back, right? But at the time, it was very much different than, you know, traditional classical people would have looked at it, right? So history kind of changes how everyone views things as we look back rather than, you know, at, at the time they were happening right around the two of the 1900s. Uh, so Isle of Shadows obviously had a, a, an impact on you enough to name your album after that. Um, what's behind all that? I mean, the artwork is really, really cool, I thought. Um, can you explain? Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, um, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I live on this island in Kauai, and so that's where I spend most of my time. I, I still love summers in Washington State, where I originally came from, and so I, I come back in the summers to Washington and enjoy what they have to offer in terms of nature, and as well as my family is still mostly in the Washington State. Uh, but I, the, the Hawaii just happened to me when I sailed over there many years ago now, I, I just was, I was ruined. <laughs> and I think a lot of people will say once they go over there, um, it's like, yeah, you just, you just have to have winters there, you know? <laughs> it was beautiful. I, I was there a few times when I was in the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like that movie, the wizard of Oz where it goes from black and white to color. And, and that's what <laughs> going to Hawaii, Hawaii is like for me, just going from black and white to color and living in this, this really wonderful place that you get up and it's sunshine, it's warm. But that being said, Kauai, because it's in the north um, and, and just the nature of the weather patterns, um, gets a lot of clou- clouds. And so it can be brooding and cloudy. And, and so in a way, it's kind of like the Isle of Shadows of its own, right? Um, you know, many times it, it might be a cloudy day where, where in other, other places in Hawaii, it could be more sunny. But because we have such a big mountain range there in the middle, um, it just the clouds come in and just just congregate around it as the day progresses. So, um, kind of like it is inspirational to have some kind of a theme that was related to the island where I was spending my time. Mm. I, I had a thought about that too. It's like that crossed my mind that it's kind of like um, you, you created your own island in the shadow of these artists with your music. That was my thought. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great another way to what what another way to look at it. Yeah, you know, and and I'm continually evolving too as a player. You know, um, for me, I, I mean, I started in classical music, but um, it was always hard. It did not come easily, and it's something I had to kind of really keep working at. Where for me, improvisational music came easily. Okay, and so I would be at my classical piano lesson. 
And she, she was to be saying, yeah, you really need to play that more note for note. And I'm like going, well, I, I, I really like going free here. <laughs> she, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and she would be like, well, learn to play it note for note first, and then you can go there. And I, and I, and I understood yeah. where she was going from it, but, but like, a, mm -hmm. like a teenage kid, I never really practiced enough for the piano teacher, you know, it was like, and I, I, I was with a really amazing lady, my Kiko Miyamoto in Bellevue, and she's, I believe, passed on now some years ago, but um, she was the, the top teacher at the time, and, and she, mm -hmm. she went to Juilliard and, and had her own history of being a performer as well in radio, and we're talking back mm -hmm. in the 30s, where, you know, the yeah. pianists would go play live on radio, you know, and right. is what it is what it is. And she like um, in a movie theater kind of, the silent films were were going, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. And so she she was pass, trying to pass on and a lot of her students would go to Juilliard and, and I never really saw myself going into some serious classical track like that because it was pretty it's it had a, a kind of a looming um looming like you know kind of as aspect to it where, you know, that the classical world is a very difficult world you have to you know meet a lot of people's expectations for what they want to hear from you you mm -hmm. know <laughs> and and well, so th that wasn't really my approach on this album because for me um when the music speaks to me and is my bliss that's what i feel connects to people and people can hear it because i know in my other original music uh, my new age music that's my own test my litmus test for um, you know, what I put out. It's, you know, I, 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 I evolved some music, some of it's improvised, some of it is songs that I play over and over, but it, it comes down to that particular recording. And many times I'll sit on the recordings for several years before I release it, just listening back to it and, and kind of going, oh, I like the feeling of that, you know, and trying to actually capture some, you know, essence. And a lot of ways, well, you know, doing a, doing a recording is kind of like um, I'm thinking of that Japanese art form where they just start with a brush and now they've marked the page, right? So they have to continue with whatever they put on the page because it's already there, right? So once you start, that's it. You know, you're, you're going to the end, whatever you have. And then they come up with this artwork. Well, just think if you hadn't had that teacher way back when and learned the discipline of the art sure. first, what a struggle sure. this album would have been for you, right? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, yeah, there's no substitute for all those hand and exercises and all that dexterity things. And um, part of that also is, is doing it when your hand is developing, too. Um, and so there's a lot of focus on the child, you know, get, get the child going early. And for me, I really didn't start piano till 10. And for her, she wanted students starting around seven or six because she was trying to get them as their hand was forming to learn the muscles coordination, you know, and I went, I went into, I went into piano, you know, pedagogy and, and teaching myself. So kind of got an aspect of that, but it was interesting because for me, I actually started teaching um, in the the elderly population. I was working at the University of Washington, and I was going to school, and, and my jazz teacher said, well, hey, there's an opening for the continuing college to teach these elderly people piano. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll start doing that. And so these people were coming in um, and retired, you know, and, and they wanted to learn piano like they'd studied when they were a little, a little kid or something, and now they're bringing it back, you know. And I was amazed how much people could come back, you know, bring back what they had started before. And, um, and for me, it was a lot of that with this music. It was like, you know, I, I went back and dusted off music I hadn't played in like 20 years. And, and brought it back, um, you know, with a, with a new, fresh approach to a, a new breath of, you know, of being with the music. Yeah. Different eyes, different ears, different feelings, just pouring out of those fingers, huh? Sure, sure. Well, it's very been a very eye-opening uh, conversation here, listening to your process and that, that, that whole lifetime of learning the piano and when that began and everything that you went through and the difficulty and how long it took for you, uh, you know, to spend a whole year on one project on anything is a really, really long time. So, you know, I always say that I respect artists for what they do, but what I like to get out there too is that, you know, listen to the music. If you like the music, buy the music. Support the artist. Don't download it and give it to everybody because you don't know what the artist just went through to get that done, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the music is out there, and, you, and you're just trying to get it out there and heard more and more. For me, I, I'm, I'm happy just to see people out there, you know, in, enjoying it. If it brings somebody else bliss, for me, that's, that's what it's all about at this point in my, in my, in my life, you know? Um, and, and and this music is just constantly evolving for me. You know, I, I'm listening to this album now, and I recorded it and, and finished it. I finished in the spring, and you know, it's kind of a long process. But I started it on another piano, and and got a lot of it already recorded. And then I got another piano that was nicer, <laughs> so I had to go back and I just re-recorded all of it again. And that's <laughs> also part of, part of this whole process, you know. Um, of just mm -hmm. sitting down again, you know, six months later after having done so, half of this album and doing it again, you know, and it, and it's like then I think to myself, boy, I could even sit down and do it again, you know, it's it's not over, <laughs> you know, this music just continues, and that's one of the interesting things about classical music that I it it seems to persevere, you know, from from all the years, it's still going forward after all this time of some of that hundreds of years with like the Bach, you know. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's kind of an interesting thing that I, I kind of see in the, in the music. Of course, it's all kind of now falling into just its own category of one, you know, as uh, the rest of music kind of goes forward with it, you know, how many people are listening to it and, and, and how many people are listening to jazz. And then we have pop music, most people, you know, and, and I listen to the radio, you know, and sometimes I'm looking for on the, even on just commercial radio, where, what can I hear? You know, what can I pull in? That's uh, not top 40, you know, I think, I think you're one of a few that actually, you know, turn on the radio and go up and down the dial and listen to something. Nowadays, it's just, you know, you know, you just get your Bluetooth on in your car, connect it up, <laughs> yeah. right? Play Spotify or do whatever, right? I mean, 
Yeah, I have some some retro devices on on uh, that work that you know we're way out in the countryside and you can't even get internet. I also go out on my boat out into the San Juans and sometimes you just can't even get Wi-Fi or internet, but you can still get FM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christopher, it's been a, a joy talking to you today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. Christopher Bascolet, thank you so much for joining the final on vinyl, and I look forward to your next project. Okay, thank you so much, Keith. You take care. You too. Take care. Bye.